0: make a statement, or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Damn it, blues!
1: Every night. every night and I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine nope summer heat never treats me kind it leaves trouble on my mind so I'm bidding farewell putting in my notice and I'll see you at another time this highway does not know my name and I don't care Got three good tires and a
2: spur. Right to the hook right here.
1: Just a white line tipsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas low. to get there. Very low, low voice,
2: no, no voice, low budget live right here for Monday, July the 17th. You bunch of low lifers. Hope you're all doing well out there. It's good to be back in the bar and grill for a brief, brief moment before I head back out. I got to go to Chicago this week for some THBS, and then I got to go to uh, MPFL Studios for some Saginaw Bay smallmouth and largemouth action up there with my old buddy Fat Cat, but just got back from my cast, and man. What a crazy few days! I'm I am completely, um, completely gassed to be honest. A I'm like the fattest and most out of shape I've ever been, and and y'all know, it's well doc, well documented. I just turned forty, so I am uh, I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it in my bones because I was out late a couple nights. I shouldn't say out late, up late a couple nights. We rented a uh, a condo and we had some uh, jam sessions. My my boy, Dude, let's fish. Shannon Wheeler stayed with me, had his fiddle. We had a crew there. Ben Ballou from Fishing University came over and we we just picked and grinned a couple nights there till the wee hours of the morning. Good times, good times. And then of course the show days are really long and crazy. And uh good to see a lot of old friends at the show as always. This this iCast, though, I will say, I will say this eye cast was a little, I felt like there was just like this. Underlying tension, especially with guys like me, because of the MLF stuff. Because when you when you speak openly about this, and our guest today, we're going to talk about this with at length. But there was there was just kind of like this eh, this tension, and you had some tension between uh, some pros there. There was things going on, you know, and, and it was palpable at times. And then and then you had the uh, the entire like you knocked off this bait saga going on with uh of course I made a joke last week about can't wait to see what knockoffs Berkeley has totally just like being uh, you know uh uh so like <laughs> I didn't believe it uh like normal right like just really being funny I had people message me, oh my god because I had Jordan on. and they were like dude that's a sponsor he's gonna get in trouble I, I mean it was a it was a joke because here's the deal And I put this on my Threads account. I don't know if you guys and girls out there are using Threads yet, but let me tell you. uh, I made one for some strange reason. I got off Twitter years ago, but I have a Threads account. I actually put on Threads just being silly. Sitting in the airport, I was like, company post new bait. And then I was like, me, wow, that looks really cool. And then I was like, the internet. That's a knockoff of a Japanese wakakachi floating flying cricket damn it. And then I'm like, scrolling comments. And then I'm like, me, when is it available? Because <laughs> they're not, and I'm all for, uh, you know, innovation and I'm all for people not knocking things off. Obviously. Uh, I do a show that other people try to do for the love of God. <laughs> Very obviously too. Uh, so I'm all for like, you know, you get in yours when you're you're creative enough to come up with a, a platform or a lure or a song or whatever. You don't want to be ripped off. But at the same time, like in the fishing world, for me, and I'm just speaking for me, um, it is so hard to get these Japanese baits. And I dare say the folks that are defending Japanese baits that 90% of just fishermen, man, not even tournament fishermen because they're way more just fishermen than tournament fishermen, don't know those baits exist and so if a company comes out with something that's close or was inspired by or hell straight knockoff it's going to get to the masses maybe it leads them to that original one i don't know but they're so damn hard to get is my point and i and listen i am a tackle junkie i love i love japanese tackle i've got some weird crap in the in the shop down here in the express, some of it works, some of it doesn't from over the years. Uh, and I, so I get it, but like this, man, people are just absolutely taking a stance on it. And I respect it, whatever, whatever you, um, you're passionate about, send it, send it out there. But I think, uh, I don't know. It's been an interesting week, man. And, and I, I've seen like, and I, of course I'm talking about Berkeley got smashed this week um and look dude they're not just knocking off japan they got a new dt dt line that's a lot like the dt6 series you know and i'm sure they're good baits it's like their chopper was a whopper popper knockoff i was like come on man it's a good bait like berkeley's got a lot of good stuff in that lineup i said ain't no way that fret side will be as good as xyz flat size and it's a killer that i will never not have a box full of so there are good things that come out of this. Will the coal shad be as good as a MagDraft? I don't know. I'm a MagDraft guy, but I don't know. I don't know. There are some little, you know, different things they've done to it. I don't know. I hadn't uh, I hadn't bought one yet. But, man, the Internet has just been on fire, on fire. And, and uh, you know, Wheeler uh, came out with his new soft plastics, and he was just – let me just tell you in the comments <laughs> – defending them, defending himself, defending, and, uh, yeah, I saw him at the show, and I was like, Jacob, get out of the comments. Get out of the comments. Just from the sheer fact of you're not going to win that battle and you're giving folks what they want, but um, it's interesting, man. And then you see, like, the original lure designers from some of these baits mixing it up. It's been a wild week. I don't know if y'all are are up on that, but. And the new Rapala Crush City Plastics look freaking great. I was fortunate enough to get some of them back earlier this summer and they're, they're killer shapes. And I'm so like, this was, this is what I've said. One of the, uh, I think it's his Bronco bug that everybody's saying is a, um, an OSP, I think is the brand. I don't even own anything OSP. So I don't know. It's a Japanese company. I'm sure it's cool, but I, I got these Bronco bugs. I was like, damn, this thing's really cool. Threw it in the pool, checked it out. I've caught fish on it. Not in the pool, obviously, but uh, I've caught fish on it this summer, several different ways. And uh, whenever this controversy popped up this week, it's like I told Jake, I was like, dude, I didn't even know that other bait existed. And I have my head in this industry nonstop. So to think that I don't know about it and I keep up with tackle trends and different things, I'm obsessed with it. To think that an average Joe's going to know, it's a really clicky core group of guys. Um, The other folks that are super pissed about ICAST things are the the swim bait community. And I find the big swimbait community very interesting, number one. I, I think there are a lot of really cool lure manufacturers in it. I think uh, I don't – I'm very impatient, so I don't like – I've got to be sitting there for the lure drop, for the seven they build a year or whatever. That's that's weird to me, but that's that whole culture, and that's that's cool. There are a lot of people wrapped up in it. That's all they like to do. It's not my deal. I like to throw one. But most likely, you're going to see me throwing one that I bought at a freaking local tackle store that I could get because I don't have time to sit there and go, oh, my God, it's the bugger, bugger, shad is dropping at 11 p.m. tonight, right? I just don't have time to do that. Or I will go, oh, cool, I'd like to get one of those. And then I don't, I, like, forget <laughs> because I've got, like, life and things going on. So that community, but it's very tight knit. There are a lot of egos in it not to say there aren't a lot in pro bass fishing as well, but there are a lot in that and it's real clicky. It's a real clicky community. And I feel like, um, uh, they're also real quick to jump on people. Like if you're not throwing the right swim bait or if you're not doing things the right way. And, and, uh, it's very hipster is a good way to put it. And I don't even mean that in a negative way, but it's very like the music industry. And this is how I can kind of put myself in it. It's Cause I like independent music. um, against the mainstream and i've been very outspoken about that over the years and so i i can put myself in the swimbait guys uh shoes because it is very much like that they don't want their little secrets getting out there or the the cool baits to kind of get to the masses and that's what these knockoffs essentially do is they get these baits in the hands of a lot more people so um you know and it's a, it's a scary battle because you know you can argue right and wrong and and all day long on it but you're not gonna beat unfortunately these big corporations you're just not man you're just not i work for one now and corporate america sucks (laughs) like i can just tell you that straight up like it does but you're not gonna beat it you're not gonna beat that machine because they are buying up everything in the industry and they're shrinking it and shrinking it and shrinking it so um I say if you like to do the JDM tackle stuff and you like to do the handmade swim baits and that's your deal, just do it, you know? And if you want to go buy the Berkeley and the Rapalas and the whatevers, do that too. Whatever. Like, let's just go fishing. You know what I mean? Let's just go fishing. So it's been a wild week. I don't know if anything I just said made sense. I am running low on fumes. But I hope it did. I hope it did. Because I've really, I've thought about it a lot. I don't even know where I stand on it, man, because I, I mean, I work for a company that we've had crap knocked off. God knows, um, you know, and I've also I also worked for a company that we have uh, been inspired by other products. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of innovation early on at the company. And, uh, and and you know, as as time goes on, we'll have customers ask us, hey, can you make something similar to this, blah, blah, blah. Um, then you get into the whole issue of patents and different things over the years. And, and unfortunately for Bates, nothing holds up, man. Cause I think about, you know, you think about the Alabama rig, Andy Potts designs it, sells it to man's, makes money. Three months later, they're every damn where Alabama rigs for days. It was innovative. You think about the Gary Yamamoto Senko, everybody from damn yum to the freaking guy down the road with the tackle store that pours baits from a duet mold has a cinco now. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's uh, it's it's definitely runs rabbit in the fishing and marine industry, dude. Nothing is sacred. Nothing is sacred. Whether it's a whether it's a soft plastic lure, a jack plate, an LED light, uh, a reel, a rod, whatever, somebody is somebody's fixing to. Uh, somebody's fixing to knock it off and and the reason being i think the the main reason a is hard to fight the money of like a big a big corporation right they got a lot of money to put behind it marketing wise and things like that but then the other reason it's hard to beat it and i see people like oh we should boycott this we should boycott that in regards to like a a a knockoff the reason it's hard is because your general consumer and i consider myself that on a lot of things they want the uh excuse me they want to buy at the cheapest price (laughs) and so that you'll never beat that look dude i'm the guy that gets on amazon and if there's oh this you know say music equipment oh it's blah 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 brand is the a you know premium deal i'm on amazon looking for the damn knockoff and looking at reviews and like I'll, i'll order that to save a couple hundred bucks i'm that guy I'm not that way as much in fishing, but that's what allows that to exist, right? And you're never gonna change that. Uh, because not everybody's got 179.99 to throw at a swim bait and the time to sit there and wait on it. So it's gonna be really hard to beat it. I mean, I say be vocal about it. If you want to be vocal about it, don't be completely ridiculous about it. There's been been a lot, of, a lot of brutal comments about the pros that are promoting it and their corporate shields. Well, dude, they're feeding their families. Like, what are you going to do if you got a, if you got a job and it's to promote product? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's how you feed your family. Most people, and, and Kyle Welcher said it on this show, say, oh, well, you know, who wouldn't take the money and run? They've never been offered the money, period. End of story. So it's easy to sit on the internet and say, oh, these guys are X, Y, Z. You've never been in their shoes, ever. And never will be, because you've never had the name and likeness that people want to associate with a brand and a paycheck that comes with it to promote products or design products or help help design things. So it's, a, I don't know, it's a wild, wild eye cast. Wild, wild eye cast. So I just did my rant and ramble there. Um, appreciate y'all listening. <laughs> I'm like so hoarse from screaming and talking and singing. Uh, let's thank these sponsors real quick, and then we're going to get into it with a uh, very interesting cat that I, uh, I'm i just getting to know. I'm just getting to know. I'll throw that out there, but let's uh, let's talk about some things. First, I want to talk about this, and, and you're going to be like, this is interesting. You know, I'm sponsored by Baitworks. Duncan-10 gets you a lot of cash saved. Duncan-10 at bait-works.com. I'll tackle the L-O-B jig. They got it going on, ran into my Baitworks boys down there. But this is going to be a little different because, you know, one of my longtime partners since way back when, it's the co-angler days in FLW, Eagle Claw Fish and Trocar, the best people. I would say I have a lot of great sponsors and partners that have my back and have through thick and thin. Eagle Claw, they're, they are just it, man. They just are. And uh, they've always been like number one fans of mine and always have my back. So this is an Eagle Claw promotion going on through Tackle Warehouse, which, listen, I love me some Baitworks. Y'all know I'm ordering stuff from Baitworks like crazy. Tackle Warehouse, they, they've, they're they've they the OGs. They got it going on as well. You know that. Uh, you spend 30 bucks on Tackle Warehouse right now. You get the hooked on Eagle Claw trucker hat. And I don't know how well you can see it on camera. I'm going to do a social media post, too, if you can't see that good. But uh really sweet hat. 30 bucks on there, get you a free hat. Get on there. Get on there. There's no codes or anything like that. You can use duncan 10 if you want to if you want a discount on baitworks.com. Bait workscom Because the L O B jig has a trocar hook as well. But uh really cool promotion there. Check it out. Swag Eagle Claw hat. All right, Star Trying Star Bright, kicking ethanol in the teeth and getting you all cleaned up and looking good for Star Bright season. Who knew there was a Star Bright season? I didn't. Until this year, but there is. There is my boat's filthy. It's not participating in Star Price season right now. Hasn't left the shop in a while. But Startron, one of the original low budget live sponsors, kicking ethanol in the teeth in your weed eater, in your chainsaw, but most importantly in your outboard engine. If you pull up to the pump, you will see this gas contains ethanol. Well, that sucks. And I actually it was cool. I, I had a couple stories that I cast about people that are like, My motor was running terrible. I'm listening to your dumb podcast. And I'm like, hey, Startron might have a little water in my gas. Might have a little ethanol in there. Something's missing. Pour it in there. No problems. I had a couple of those kind of stories at Icast Very cool. So Startron, get you some. You don't have to shake it. It's available everywhere. A little dab will do you. Pro Guide Batteries, proguidebatteries.com. LBL10 is the code there to get you some lithiums, to get you some of those badass 31 AGMs. To get you some of those new lithium cranking batteries, get on there, ProGuideBatteries.com, some of my favorite batteries around. Been in the game for a very, very, very long time, ProGuideBatteries.com. Of course, Baitworks, we talked about them, Bait-Works.com. They just got through running that 4th of July sale, fixing to run some more from what I'm hearing, so you better be paying dang close attention to that. Bait-Works, that's where you can get the LOB jig and tons of other really spicy deals on tackle eagle claw hooks there too you just don't get a cool hat they they should talk to eagle claw for sure (laughs) bait-works.com duncan-10 and last but not least man we gotta hang the banner i get so many comments on this banner because it's crooked (laughs) express boats hot springs arkansas they've been doing it all welded. For years, since 1966, the X-21 Pro LE is what I'm running this year, but they got that X-19, H-17, they got the bay boats, and they even got veranda pontoons over there on the other side. I hear there might be some new additions to the pro staff coming. There's lots of craziness going on in the express boats. We're on them fixing to do their dealer meeting here. We're going to have some content coming from that content here in a couple weeks out in Hot Springs, Arkansas, but Seadeck, Deck to Stern, 250 Yamaha show, the best whole shot that i've ever been in a boat for (laughs) to be honest and uh it's absolutely a beast on and off the water looks good man love it x21 pro express boats building excitement since 1966 hang the dang banner bassmaster classic winning aluminum boat it's funny i actually had dinner with jason Christie, former express pro down there one night and uh Got to chop it up with him and and uh, and have a good time. I like giving Jason a really hard time. He knows that. Uh, we had a good time down there. All right, we're going to. Uh, we, we really appreciate the sponsors, and now we're going to get the sauce presented by the W Sauce America's Shire Sauce. They got that new breakfast sauce out. Go check it out. Let's uh, let's jump into this. This guy is the president, self you know self elected. That's what I like. He's very he's a man cut from the same cloth as me in a lot of ways. Self-elected president of the Alabama Bass Council. Alabama Bass Council. He uh, like I said, just getting to know him. We have some mutual friends, and he is on TikTok going ham about all the goings-on in uh in professional bass fishing, just regional bass fishing. He will call it like he sees it. It's very refreshing. I'm just getting to know him. He had a very interesting eye cast. And we're going to talk to him right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Slick Johnson. All right. As promised, I said he was the self-elected, which is a man after my own heart. When you call yourself the president, I say I'm the CEO of the lowlanders <laughs> So the president of the Alabama Bass Council. And see, I don't do that justice because I feel like you got this certain cadence. Yeah. Alabama hit, hit us with it, Slick. Come on. I- intro yeah. yourself. It's the Alabama Bass Council. There we go. Live and in person on not-so-live LBL. What's up, buddy? I appreciate yeah. you. This is, a, this is a dangerous combination, by the way. I feel like. <laughs>
3: I agree. <laughs> I agree.
2: I had so many people, though, since in the last few weeks of controversy, which I feel like there's always controversy in fishing these days, unfortunately, but you call it like you see it. You're, you're, you know, on TikTok, the Alabama Bass Council, and you guys – are all just you just send it out there and you don't really care about feelings i don't feel like you do it for personal gain at all like you do care about the integrity of the sport you're like me you got a lot of friends that are in the middle of it you yourself compete like crazy and so i feel like it comes from a from from the heart and that's why people are attracted to you but in the last few weeks i've had so many people you got to get slick on got to get slick on got to get slick on and uh so here we are let's do the damn thing
3: yeah Man, it it happened. It was really a joke. Uh, When they had the pro-am, I don't know if you remember, but the ABT had the pro-am, and Jordan and Chad Hall were fishing together, and Chad hooked Jordan in the head. Yeah, yeah. So I did a video, and I had just done one. There was no such thing as Alabama Bass Council. It had never been mentioned, but I had just done a video where I was telling who I thought was the top 10 anglers in Alabama. And so uh, Tim Hurst had actually called me and said, wouldn't it be funny if Chad got demoted for hooking Jordan in the head? So that's when I made up the Alabama Bias Council and, and did this funny video about demoting Chad from the top 10 because he hooked Jordan in the head. And what was crazy was the night that I put that video out, lake had a tournament uh on lay lake or somewhere and i woke up that morning at like 3 30 and it had like one hundred thirty-five thousand views which was a lot for me yeah yeah yeah. and i thought something why is this thing getting so many views and at seven o'clock i pulled it up and i had a half a million and i said there's something to this well that was the same day the walleye cheating scandal came out oh okay then I see the walleye cheating scandal, and I go, dang it, they're going to kill my video. They're going to get all the attention, and 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 my video's not going to go. And what I didn't realize was the only reason my video went in the first place was because the algorithm picked it up from the walleye cheating scandal.
2: No doubt, yeah. And
3: Honestly. so that's how the Alabama Bass Council got started, and then I started doing some other videos. And what I would do is – I would do a funny video, like a "What if this were the case?" Like, for instance, not having tournaments on Gunnersville for a year, <laughs> and it, things that I wish could happen. Yeah, but I was just throwing it out there as a joke, and people would lose their mind. <laughs> Kay called me, people calling her wanting to know if the AB, the Alvin Basto had been canceled on Gunnersville and stuff like that. And so, when people started taking it serious, I just had fun with it. Um, and we were doing the, the lives already. And what people don't realize is when we started that live and you know how Goob gets a lot of stuff and sells. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out Goob, Black
2: Market Outdoors.
3: That's what it was for. It was for Goob's TikTok to grow so that he could sell things. That's the only reason we ever did a live because Nick and I had already bought all this equipment to do a podcast And we were going to do the Slick and Nasty podcast, been talking about it for a year. And it kind of hurt Nick's feelings because he's like, what are you doing this without me for? And I was like, I didn't mean that. (laughs) It was an accident. And so it just kind of blossomed into that. And then as I called people out for things, you know how it is, because I I made a comment to Kay or to somebody. I said, I may have said it on, on TikTok that out of all of fishing you were my favorite person in the whole fishing industry and it and it was because of you saying what you think and and to down with the repercussions to an extent and so when we started when I started calling some things out well when you do that you know how it is stuff starts coming from all directions everybody starts Telling you well this happened and that happened and this happened and then you got to sort through all of it and i did not make my tiktok to be bitching about things in the fishing industry i wanted it to be my tiktok was made to tell stories because i got millions of stories
1: yeah
3: and uh and then people started saying well slick are you gonna say anything about this are you gonna say anything about that and and somebody commented on my TikTok last night and said that I was like the golf nerd that watched 18 hours of the PGA just to find somebody breaking a rule. Well, you know this. Yeah. I one second of Cayuga. <laughs> I, I did not. If Jordan, Justin Lucas, Matt Lee, Jesse Wiggins, Alton Jr., which I call him Elton John. Now, if somebody that I'm close to is not in the top, I don't watch it a lot. And uh, what happened was guys that fish the bass pro tour um started sending me videos and said, Hey, slick, what do you think about this? and I started looking, I was like, Oh, and then I started looking at the videos, looking at all the footage, and it really upset me because Alton jr had said in during the tournament he said i could catch that six pounder over there again but i caught her yesterday and i don't feel right doing it okay that would have made him several thousand dollars if not close to winning and so you've got him and 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 i don't want to not mention somebody's name that has integrity so i hate to be calling names but you got a lot of people that have integrity that one of my friends uh told me the night before i am you know i'm gonna struggle tomorrow because i don't have any more fish okay he wasn't going back to catch fish he had caught the day before so when you got guys that won't even go back and catch the fish they caught the day before, and then you got guys catching them three times in one day, that pissed me off. Because yeah. Amen. the 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 public, and not to make the public feel like they, they're ignorant or anything like that, but the viewers at home, because of the way the footage is, they don't realize that there's probably 40 or 50 bass on bed up there, period. Yeah. Hey, look, I, I got fooled by it. I got fooled by I came
2: <laughs> on the show and was like, Dude, greatest smallmouth tournament ever! And yeah, night. Yeah. And I started getting the same text you were getting, and then somebody sent me a link the next day to your video, and I was like, "Uh oh, woah, mule," because I'm lo- I'm like you. I normally get flooded with this crap, and yes. I had not heard a peep. And it and it blew my mind. Now, very soon after my podcast aired that Monday morning, people were like, "Hey man, hey man, time out. This was what was going on," but. It it's because I JT Kenny said it to me. He said, "Dude, there were like thirty on bed in the whole lake."
3: Yeah, and that's that's what I loved about. So, and, and that's kind of the difference of what I what I like about your podcast. You say it so much more elegant, eloquent than I do. I
1: don't like
3: that. De- it, you know, desperation's at an all time high, and and that was probably the best way to say it. Um, but you know, now looking back on it, and I had the conversation with Spencer, um, I've had it with other people, um, Spencer asked, why why did you just call me out? Why are you picking on me? And, um, you know, it wasn't just him, him and Matt Becker were two of the most obvious, but there's some other people that did it that I'll probably eventually call out if they don't come out and say it, but, There's one person in particular that if I called him out, I'd get crucified. Absolutely crucified.
2: Same one, same one I haven't called out because because of the persona that he plays on social media, you Mm -hmm. would get nailed to the cross, buddy. And and the problem is, and that's what pisses me off so bad. I I know. Is and you know and in your comments you've said on videos just like I have on here, well, there were several. Oh, won't you name all the names? why don't you name all the names? And it's like some were like you're saying the Becker and the Sheffield deal was more obvious to me. And especially after you pointed it out and you did the side-by-side videos, like you did, everything was so good on, on, on Becker's deal. Um, and then the Sheffield thing just jumped out to me while I was watching some clips. I mean, it was just easy to see. Now, some of the others were pointed out and then after you, they're pointed out and you go back and look, you go, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Cheater, 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 cheater. cheater, um, but. what a mess
3: and i you know did they fish the rules that's that's questionable because i i do believe and i can't say this as fact but i i believe had trip weldon been that tournament director they wouldn't have been catching the same fish twice no I, i think that it would have been totally different um i think that because of the comments made from the tournament director um that made it questionable. And you got guys thinking, well, I can, you know, he said this so I can do it. Uh, Becker, uh, said that, um, and, and this is from Sheffield. So I Becker didn't tell me this, but when he and I were talking about it, he said that Becker made the statement that there was a mud line there. He was throwing to where the fish was, but he couldn't see the fish because of the mud line. Um, and I've been crucified by some of their fans about, well, you can't prove this. You can't prove that. Well, I'm going to tell you this. They can't prove they wasn't cheating. <laughs> um, hmm. And so my thing is MLF is going to sweep all of that under the rug because of their mistake. Mm-hmm. They're going to sweep the multiple kitchen a fish multiple times in one day. All that's going to be covered up because, Hey, we made the mistake. And, when Becker tried to stand up at the meeting and say, Hey, he, he told them, Hey, I, I, you know, I got something I want to say. Um, and they said, no, you stand down. Um, you know, I think he should have done it to gain the respect of the other 79 guys. Um, but he did, you know, he called a few people and asked what he should do, but, he made a comment, well, everybody else was doing it. No, everybody wasn't. No, dude. not everybody. And, you know, Taka here is the one that's kind of got out of this clean, and he he said it online. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to turn around and catch that fish again. Um, I
2: mean. Bombs it over his shoulder.
3: Yeah. So, you know. I look at baby. I just. <laughs> I was blown away. And, and people say, well, why do you care? You don't even fish the Bass Pro Tour. Well, I care for my, you know, for my buddies that can't say anything, and I understand why they can't say things. And,
0: you know, I've even got a
3: few anglers that try to stay clear, uh, tried to stay clear of me at ICAST, and I understood that. Um, you know, they don't want the controversy. They're glad I'm talking about it.
1: Not, but, yes.
2: <laughs> well, that that's what I was getting. So I have that in my notes because I get this a lot, and I know you get it. I know you get it, because TikTok, YouTube can be savage. I think TikTok, and I haven't been on there in a long time. I get your clip sent to me. I don't even have the app on my phone, because I was spending so much time a couple of years ago looking at it. I had to, like, wean myself off, seriously. And I was practicing, like, TikTok dances and shit, and yeah. my office, it wasn't good. It wasn't good for anybody. My kids said no more. So I don't have TikTok uh i I do what all old people do is my wife says i just wait till it pops up on an instagram reel and then and then i see what the cool kids are looking at but but anyways tiktok can be savage especially in the comments so that's what i hear from all my buddies that are on there whether it's fishing hunting music whatever like tiktok for whatever reason the commenters there really are they're the worst it seems like so i know you get this question and, I, and i've gotten it god knows in the this is the sixth year of this craziness People are like, why do you think you have a right? Why do you have a right to talk about it? And when I first started this, I was fishing professional. I was fishing the FLW tour. So I talked about things going on. But then in 19, when this podcast really kind of kind of took off, I had stepped away from the tour. And people were like, oh, you're just a hater. You're hating because you're not in it. You're this and yeah. you're that, right? And I had lived yeah. it. But, but like you, you opened this with so many people reach out to you that are doing it for a living, hoping you'll run your mouth. That's me. On a weekly basis, hey, man, this is what's going on. You might want to look into this. And, and so I'm going to answer my question I'm asking you, basically, is why do we have a right to talk about it? Is I feel like if we don't, nobody knows it's going on. And that's not okay for your kids, for my kids, for grown-ass men that are trying to qualify that think it's a dream life to be a pro. It's not fair. We're selling
3: dreams to people. And it, it's a nightmare a lot of the time. there's a it lot is. of shady crap going on. it is how can I go out and tell my kids because i got I got 12 of them that yeah. academy how yeah. can I go out and tell my kids, work your butt off, study, be the best fisherman and and you can make it and I teach them how to do the social media stuff, the sponsorship stuff and all that. I'm teaching them all that, but at the end of the day, what they're seeing is that the guy that's the sneakiest and the most creative is who's gonna benefit. And and it goes the, the whole Poche thing, okay, to with him. Even even with negative publicity, he still wins. No doubt. It, it, you know, listen, I met with Keith Poche and and I'll say this, sure somebody has screened recorded. I've already told him I won't say nothing on his camera. I won't say nothing, I won't say to him.
1: Not a lot of people knew who Keith
3: Poche was until he started doing sketchy stuff, mm-hmm. and so I feel like he's benefited from from doing that. And that, that's that's all he hears. And I'll tell you exactly what happened. He comes up to me, shakes my hand, Sleek Johnson, Lee <laughs> Johnson." well, are you, are you, you got something to say you, you just want to hold my hand. And he starts telling me, well, you know, I've seen all this negative stuff you said about me. And I said, well, who sent you negative stuff? He said, all my friends been sending me all these negative things you say. And I said, well, you need new friends (laughs) because they're not sending you the positive stuff because I've said good things about Keith Pochet. Look, I love that little boat. I love what he is doing. I think it is it is great for this sport, uh, no doubt. Because, but don't sit here and tell me Keith Pochet's the little man. That damn boat costs more than that boat sitting out there in his shop. Yeah, the, so, per,
2: the perception is there that he's representing a whole class of anglers that can't buy a, a, a Phoenix or a Skeeter or a, a high-end express like I got whatever, Falcon, whatever kind of boat you run. But that boat's pretty damn expensive.
3: <laughs> yeah, you ain't, you ain't doing what he does in a regular tracker.
2: He's still paying $40,000 or however much an entry fees too. Let's get that yeah. out.
3: <laughs> but I, I still respect Pochet for what he does. And, and I've said that many times. I've said, look, look at what he's do- out there on St. Clair in that little boat. Yeah, uh, crazy. He's at a disadvantage 80% of the time yep so what i said to him and we were supposed to meet and couldn't get back together with me coming back home but what i said to him was i don't want you to destroy that by doing sketchy things now in his mind he's fishing by the rules Mm -hmm. and in my mind he's bending the rules and and breaking the rules and if you have any questions about the rules then you should ask the tournament director and and he didn't do that he chose to say i know the rules better than you do and i can interpret look it's not up to the fisherman to interpret the rules okay it's up to the tournament director to interpret the rules cuz they're not all black and white no there's they're not unfortunately and, and we we have to make these rules for people like that it's just like the visibly targeting a spawning fish a bed fish okay the whole the intent of the rule because i've spoken to several people that are on the rules committee and they all said the intent of the rule was to not catch the fish multiple times in the same day and that's i go back to say trip weldon would have interpreted the rule by the intent The rule was interpreted by Daniel Fennell the way it was written and a way to get around it. And we shouldn't have to have the rules like that. And if everybody's on the up and up and ethical, they know better. And that's my issue is that many of the anglers just knew better. And then some of them, because of exactly what you said, desperation's at an all time high, then they decided that they would try to get around it. So, you know, I, I I hate it, and MLF is in a pickle right now because I'm. I, 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 the thing is, Spencer's been fined forty five thousand dollars. They took six thousand dollars away.
2: Public yet? Right. This yeah. is. They haven't it, announced it. You know it. We're hearing yeah. it. It's out there. You had a conversation with Spencer, and yeah. I cast a long one. But MLF ain't released this press release yet. They,
3: they have not released it.
2: Let's hit them with the sound effect. Hang on, hang on, slick. <laughs> breaking news from the alabama bass
3: council right here LVL. and somebody commented and said well you shouldn't talk about what you and spencer talked about okay this is going to sound really bad but i already knew that i probably knew it before spencer knew it yes he he was fined forty five thousand dollars they kept six thousand or sixty five hundred whatever his pay was at saint Clair. And he now has to pay the remainder, which is thirty eight thousand or whatever it is. He has been told that he had to pay it before he can fish again. He is saying he's not going to pay it, so attorneys have got involved and and it's it's m l f is in a pickle because precedent what is the precedent and nobody really knows what the precedent is only mlf knows and so if mlf has set the precedent to where other anglers have been able been allowed to fish before they were paid their fines or if the precedent is that the other fines for the same exact penalty or the same exact infraction are not the same then mlf's got a problem yes and so now if if attorneys are involved and it goes that far, and MLF is doing something different with Spencer than they've done with other people in the past, there's going to be a problem for MLF. Mm-hmm. And so the other problem for MLF is you know, these other guys catching multiple fish, uh, and, and you're not going to penalize them even if they fail the polygraph test, but you're going to, you're going to, you're going to punish this one guy um
2: Sprague like thing last year right and i and i'm not a sprague fan i make that publicly known you know uh because i think he's gotten away with a lot since getting on bpt um, and i think there was just a slap on the wrist but they were forced it's like you and i talking openly about stuff on the internet uh to keep it going i mean the randy flower a fake facebook page forced them to have to do something. I mean, like that that is such a joke to me that a professional organization that takes a fake Facebook page posting real crap to I mean, you and I shouldn't have to be the whistleblowers. No. We we shouldn't have to be because the other pros should be doing it, a, but the organization should have enough integrity to to do it themselves. I don't understand like you're saying what we're talking about right now is Spencer's situation. They've not announced anything at all. And every other sport in the world had already been on Sports Center.
3: Absolutely.
2: Within 24 hours. I don't understand why in bass fishing, we're the small little sport in the grand scheme of things professionally. Why we don't talk about it? JT Kenny said it on this show, the first show of the year. He said, In professional bass fishing, we cover up the stories we should cover. It's his exact words. And there's nothing true or said here. I don't understand why. But why?
3: Okay. Bass has their niche with the with the classic. Course, the Bass yeah. Pro Tour has their niche with, you know, we talked about it. I talked about it with some anglers yesterday. Those guys are making money. No doubt. You know, a lot of money. And people ask, you know, well, why, won't, why don't you go back to the elites? Well, some of them, unless they got legend status, can't, unless they go through the opens, and nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do <laughs> and so these guys that are in the Bass Pro Tour, There's more money being paid to the anglers. The anglers in the Bass Pro Tour, there's 80, and and there's 100-whatever in the elites. It's probably 10 times more, maybe 20 times more, than what the guys are making in the elites. Now, you got your swindles and your polynecks and your guys that make money. But I'm talking about as a whole.
2: You're talking about tournament earnings, too.
3: Yes. yes. And and sponsorships, whole nine yards. So – these guys don't want to leave, um, but they both got their niche. So, MLF is making a big mistake and has been for a while by not being the the organization of integrity. They think that if they go out and tell something. That it's gonna it's gonna be a blemish in a black eye. Now, I think part of that is because the sponsors come in and say, Hey, you better not tell about my million,
2: guy million percent.
3: We'll you, go. Come tell, you come tell about my guy, hey, we're gonna have a problem. Or or and, even if that's
2: not said, slick, that is perceived from, it, from an MLF. They're, they're going, well, if we disqualify such and such, oh no, we might lose our blah 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 deal because he's attached
3: yeah. to them. And and I don't have sponsors like I ain't got sponsors lined up here at my door waiting to get in here and pay me money. Okay. So I don't mean that by what I'm about to say. However, I've said it on, on my videos and I'll say it on here. I do not want, if you do not have integrity and you are going to sponsor somebody that you know doesn't have integrity just because they may make you some money and you want to cover up stuff, please don't ever come to me trying to get me to help you. Because yep. I don't want to help you. I want to, I want to help companies that have integrity. And I feel like if MLF went that way and said, you know what? We're going to be by the book. We're going to have integrity. We're, we're, going to, we're going to be an open book. We're going to tell everything. Then I feel like they would be better off. And what they've done is create an environment for cheating. Because, hey, they told them from day one. Okay, and I know Gerald won't get mad at me for saying this. One of the biggest reasons Gerald Swindle left MLF, and a lot of people don't know this, it cost him $50,000 to do that. Okay, so if a man says, I'm fed up enough with you because of your lack of integrity, that I'm going to pay you $50,000 to leave you. That man has integrity and he's got a problem with your lack of it.
2: And, and, uh, and I want to say he's an old man that's got too much money.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, he is. He does. That, no, that, I got to
2: get that in there. G, I love you, but
3: but he can do it. Go. He can. He can do it, and there's other guys that can do it too. But you know, with with MLF, they're they're they got the guys from the get go. They said, look. We're not going to tell anybody if people fail a polygraph test. We're not going to tell anybody if somebody gets disqualified. We're not going to tell anybody when people get fined. Okay. So we already know that there's guys there that lack integrity or, like you said, desperation. Then what keeps that guy from going, you know what? I can do this right here, which is probably not, it's probably breaking the rules. But I may not get caught. And I can win a hundred thousand dollars. If I do get caught, well, they're gonna they're gonna find me two thousand dollars, nobody's gonna find out about it. A risk. So and and the sponsors that keep giving this money because they want to sweep stuff under the rug and make it look like something it's not, and then it goes back to what you said earlier. You got your kids and my kids that I'm telling them, no, you do things the right way, you're good. That's a lie. That, that is a lie. With the way MLF, with the environment MLF has created. And you know, I these guys, some of these guys, your old school guys, they've got to be disheartened and and just feel like helpless and just be at the point where, you know what, I'm just gonna finish out my career, go fishing and hope I hope I hope I hit the mother load because these other guys are bending the rules and I'm not gonna do that. And I just don't have a chance. Yeah. and it it sucks
2: well and and i think and we harp on mlf a lot just through this situation alone cayuga but i I think that you know bass is they've got they've got their issues as well i I think as a whole though the sport we're not open enough about the bad that does go on and i I think back to like the tony christian situation years and years and years and years years ago is of the craziest scandals that ever happened and there wasn't a word that ever came out about it. That man stole hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. from LW with this crazy over the top. It would be a Netflix documentary. That'd be number one, whether people even cared about bass fish or not, it'd be in the top 10 right now this morning on Netflix. If it, there was a documentary about it, just with the details that we, we have, it's crazy, but nothing. Just,
1: that.
3: I'm 50 years old. Okay. But now I got out of fishing for a while and I'll tell you that story, but I, I Just heard about it a couple yeah. months ago. Somebody <laughs> told me about it and sent me a video, and I was like, Wait a minute, how do I not know who this guy is? How do I not know this happened? Incredible you man, know, you know, when I, I got out of fishing, um, people c- comment on my thing all the time and say you're just jealous and whatnot. <laughs> a, a, a quick story um, my kids were two and a half and three and a half, and um, I, I Told my wife, I said, Listen, I want to see if I can fish professionally. I had two people that had offered to, to pay for my me to fish the next year, but it was just going to be enough money really to cover expenses and, and entry fees. And at that time, all you had to have to fish FLW was Ranger Boat. That's right. You know, this is like 2009. And so I said, Look, I, I really want to see if I can do it. So I'm going to go fish this Toyota series and see. And so The the last one was on Wheeler and uh and I was in third after day one, second after day two, and I knew I had a battery issue. So I ran to Walmart that night, bought me a jump start, bought me a new battery. I'm good. But I was wore out when I went and got him. Well that day, I I about 20 minutes to go, I lost a six-pounder and I kept fishing. I pushed it. So with 10 minutes left, I'm not worried. I got a jump start. I go to crank my boat, it won't crank. No problem. I got a jump start. I grabbed the jump start. I had bought a battery charger. Oh, I no. pulled a battery charger off the ship. That don't work on the water in the middle of the flats. No. So long story short, I finally ripped the cables, told the co angler that what had happened, the nut had scalded it on there and the cable was loose. Mm. Co angler holds it on. We go back. Every time the cable comes off, boat goes dead we get a late penalty, a good late penalty, a big late penalty. And so I'm arguing with them about my late penalty. I'm mad. I'm cussing. The police escorts already lined up. And so I load the boat. I go over and pull in. Well, I don't know if you know Lloyd Pickett. Yeah. Uh, So Lloyd is in first and I pull up behind him to get where we're supposed to be. And he walks up to my truck and he said, Alan, you got him, didn't you?" And I said, yes, sir. He said, can I go look at him? I said, you sure can. He goes and looks. And when this man walks back by my truck, he's crying like a baby. And I walk up there and I said, Lloyd, what's wrong with you? He said, "Uh, Alan, you don't understand. He said, you don't do this for a living. I said, no. He said, it's all I've ever done. And he said, if I don't win this tournament, I don't mean come in second. He said, I mean win. He said, I'm done. He said, I've been in first place six times going in the final day and never won. And I looked at him and I said, Well, God works in mysterious ways. And he said, What do you mean? I said, I got a late pound. He said, I don't want to win that way. I said, Well, you don't have a choice.
2: He said, You fix them
3: too. So we, 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 go and we, we're we get to the to the way in and and uh my wife comes up and I tell her what happened and I tell her about Lloyd and she looked at me she said God I hope you don't win I said I do too because at that time I knew that if I went and fished professionally that I was not going to be able to coach my kids in sports Baseball, basketball, football, any of that. I was going to miss a lot of stuff. And, you know, professional fishermen have a lot of time off, but they also, when they got to go, they got to be there. Yes. And I decided I ended up finishing second. And I had said if I didn't win, I wasn't going to do it. And so I finished second, and I sold my boat that next Monday.
1: Oh, and, my
3: God. and my kid, my daughter was old enough to start playing T ball. I started coaching T-ball and I coached my kids in every sport they ever played. I was at everything they ever did in school. I didn't, I didn't miss my kids growing up. And when my key, I built them a hitting facility, uh indoor gym, all this stuff. I had batting cages, golf simulators, and I was making good money with it. And I was doing hitting lessons and my kids came to me one night and said, daddy, I need to talk to you, and you know with travel ball and stuff like that, you don't get to have a life. No, that's that's life. And so they come to me. I said, "What is it, baby?" And she and my son, he's scared to death. She said, "We don't want to play anymore." I said, "What do you mean?" Because I just finished this facility. You you don't want to play what? Lake just wants to play basketball. I don't want to play anything. I'm done. I said. Thank God, And so she said, "You're not mad?" I said, "No." I said, "Hey, we'll go on vacations. we're going to have a life." I went the next day and bought me a boat, and Lake's mother made him go with me. He hated fishing, made him go with me. He goes with me. He catches a three and a half pound spot on top water right by the boat, and it was over. That's and cool. Now here we are. You know, we all want our kids to get scholarships in baseball and basketball, all this stuff. And here we are now, you know, six, seven years later, and he's won a half a million dollars in scholarships. And he's eat up with it now. And that's what our life is. And uh, I don't regret not doing it. I want to fish a Bassmaster Classic. um, And I can go fish, you know the opens to try to do that, but I don't regret not doing it at all. But when people say you, you weren't good enough or whatever, well, some people don't take that, that step, but I do respect the guys that are there because most of the people in the fishing industry, the public, they don't understand the sacrifices and what it takes to get there. And when I hear somebody down, a professional fisherman, about they suck, they're not good, I get so pissed off. Because let me tell you, they ain't handing out them invitations at Walmart, buddy. (laughs) You earn it. That's right. And I get so tore up and defensive. There's there's a, a buddy of mine that somebody made a comment about, and I went off on TikTok about it because they are good. And and every one of them's you know is talented, or they wouldn't be there. Um, And and that's not to get off on a thing about the opens, but when that came out about you got to qualify, you got to fish all nine to qualify for the elites for the sport. That's the best thing ever, no doubt. Because now you got the nine best guys going. Before you didn't. That's right. My three favorite lakes is what the our division is this year. Wheeler, Eufaula, and Harris Chain. Those are my three favorite lakes. So I feel like I'm better on Harris Chain than I am any other lake besides Wheeler. So if I were to go and you take my points from those three lakes and I get to go to the elites, but let's say John Garrett didn't do good in those divisions, John Garrett may not be going to the elites, and right now he's blowing it away. Yeah. It's in all of them. So I I think it was a good thing. Did it take the working man out? Well, here's here's another thing a lot of fishermen don't know, and you know this. By God, if you ain't got the money to fish nine elites, you ain't got the money to fish the open. (laughs)
1: That's exactly
2: right.
3: And I'll tell you something else that people don't understand. They think that as soon as you make the elites, that those sponsors start throwing money at you
1: yeah
2: yeah i've said that on here so many times like that the heavens don't open and thousands of dollars rain down i'll I'll never forget i've known brian new a lot of years we fished co-angler against each other on flw tour and then i made the switch to the front of the boat and he still fished co-angler then he was so much better than 90 percent of the pros fishing he just was and i'll never forget i drew him on kentucky lake and i was like dude he was fixing to win co-angler of the year and uh it was, was the the rookie season, I fished like 16 or whatever. And I said, Why are you? I mean, you in the back of my boat's a joke. Like you're a way better fisherman than I am. Like, this is silly. And he's like, Well, you know what? I've done the math on this. And he works a construction job and different things. And he's like, Luke, if I come out here next year, and he traveled with Brian Thrift and he saw how much work Thrift put into it and and how good everybody was. But he's like, If I came out here next year and I catch, I think we had we were gonna have seven events the next year for the first time, he said. And I cash seven ten thousand dollar checks. That's seventy thousand. He's like, it costs me forty grand to get in it. So now I've made thirty grand. He said. Then you throw about twenty five to thirty in uh, in expenses, traveling around, boats, equipment, lures, blah blah blah. And he goes, so then I broke even. I might as well work at damn Walmart and just fish Tuesday nighters. He says. I'm not willing to sacrifice my life for my ego. And it was one of the greatest. I was like, and and look, I was fortunate. I had sponsors when I came in. He didn't have that, but I, I'll fast forward to, he tears through the opens, makes it to the elites, and he don't even have a title sponsor. And this kid had a pedigree like nobody's had in forever on the mm-hmm. things he had done in his FLW co-angler. He'd won the cup. He had won angler of the year as a co-angler. He had won Toyota's open he was like th- this guy was like here take all the money and i'll never forget even talking to like th about him I'm like hey we gotta do something for brian new and they're like who they don't yeah. pay attention." you know what i mean the industry as a whole until you get to that upper echelon and start doing good they don't pay attention it seems like you and i are fishing we're, we're in it we're paying attention through what we do with our shows and things but he wasn't even on anybody's radar really and it was like – it was so sad to me, but I did an interview with him right when he won. He was going to – he won on Toho. He was going to the Classic. He was fixing to make the elite. It was incredible. He had nothing sponsor-wise and still fights like a dog for him, and he's one of the best fishermen in the world.
3: That's what drives me crazy um, about professional fishing is that it's not like other sports where if you're the best, you're going to make money Yes, to, to fish – I'll give you an example from the elites, uh, Jacob Fouts, when he made the elites. Um, Jacob Fouts, a heck of a fisherman. And, uh, you know, he he didn't know what to do, you know. I'm going to have to take my life savings to 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 pay the fish. Um, Jordan and I were sitting at a table talking to kid that fishes the elites now, Alex Redwiner, I think is his name, um, and JT Tompkins, okay. He's going to make the elites this year For sure. and you know jt talked to me every day at icast slick i don't know what to do I, I said look buddy forget being here trying to make a deal just be here and make relationships right now because if you make those relationships and you and you introduce yourself right now and you got those relationships then once you make it now you know who to go talk to you've you've, you've built a relationship with them you've at least introduced yourself too many times, people go to the classic or to ICAST, and they have this agenda of coming back with seventy thousand dollars of sponsorships, and that's that's not. That's never, not. Okay.
2: I've never. I, I'm fortunate to have a lot of great partners through the podcast and through my fishing. Back, the, I never had any of those deals. Happen at ICAST or the Classic ever because people are really busy. First of all, I like to say that from like the company side, if they're really busy, they got a lot of things going on that week, and so walking in and cold calling them is never going to work. It doesn't. Yeah. It's, it it just doesn't. If they don't request a meeting with you at ICAST or the Classic, you're you're not going to come away with some title sponsor because you walked up and say, "Hey, this is one of my guys at TH Big C Corey been on the podcast many times. He always says, "Yeah, I fish real good." can I like to fish? Can I have some money? That's always his joke. Cause it's like, we don't have to support your habit. <laughs> that's what he always says. You know, that's how a lot of companies look at it.
3: Yeah. And, and now, you know, the, the industry is so flooded and, and this was a, a conversation Jordan and I had yesterday, you know, you take your old school guys, let's, let's say Randall Tharp, Your Jordan Lee's, Justin Lucas, you take guys that's been there for a while. Okay. They're established in the industry and, and, and they're making money. And somebody called me yesterday and said, well, I think the bash pro tour should elite 20 eliminate 20 guys every year. Well, the problem with that is, is that that hurts the sponsors too, because Mm -hmm. those bottom 20, they're getting paid. And now if we eliminate them, how are we going to afford to pay the next 20 and the next 20 and the next 20? And so it, it, unfortunately it's the, you know, and I don't know if it'll ever happen. I wish there was a way that, you know, once you made the elites, you, you know, you had certain things paid for and you didn't have to worry about it. Um, and maybe somebody will figure out how to do that. I don't know, but that's the biggest struggle right now. And and we're starting something that's coming out in two weeks for high school and collegiate kids um, to kind of teach them how to get on pro staffs and and how to do things. You know, I'm not a big pro staff guy. Um, I've always said, you know, if you ain't paying, you ain't playing, but at the (laughs) same time, you know, somebody giving me product does not put gas in my boat, but at the same time it helps. And it it got-
2: depends on the product. I've talked to a lot of a lot of young pros about that because I hear I hear young guys go, Well, I, I'm not taking that deal because they wanted to give me twenty-five rods and reels and I, I ain't doing that. Well, you gotta go buy twenty-five rods and reels. You got somebody willing to put you on that kind of deal right out of the giddy. There are certain things, and I know a lot of pros kind of roll their eyes at that well, I ain't taking free product, established guys, and I don't blame them, but, but at the same time, if you're a young guy coming up, and somebody's gracious, enough, and I ain't talking about three bags of worms, okay, yeah. and, 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 and there are sponsor whores out there, you, you see it all the time, like I do, On they're saying, hey, this is Jimmy John's, uh, you know, so look at these worms right here, Jimmy John's got, you know, use Luke 10 for 10% off of Jimmy John's worms, and then Jimmy John's no longer in business the next year, there's some people just like to put the patch on their shirt and roll on but there are product deals that are smart to take product for your boat if it's something you need if it's graph mounts if it's electronics if it's trolling motors rods reels these are things that cost you money if somebody all look young kids i hope there aren't many young kids listening to me i say this every week but maybe there are take a line deal if somebody's going to give you free line and it's Uh, line for the love of god take it because i that's that's a sponsorship deal i never could wrangle up over the years i was always buying line and it's so costly when you're fishing all over the place man cost you an arm and a leg take the line deal
3: it is i i tell lake all the time because he he even at his age he does get people reaching out and they they want to give discounts oh yeah there's one company i won't name them um All of my kids, not my Alabama Bass Academy, but when I was with the high school, my kids come in one day and every one of them's got the name of this company and pro staff on the back of their hoodie. And I look and I said, yeah, hold on. Where y'all get this? Well, this company give 20% off if you sent in and said you want to be part of their pro staff. You get 20% off. Genius marketing idea, by the way.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. Let me, let me stop you and
3: say genius sales idea. Genius sales idea. So they, <laughs> not to not, the least, the least amount any one of them spent was $200. Every one of them wanted a sweatshirt that said pro style. So they bought the sweatshirt. Now you didn't get a 20% off the sweatshirt, but they all went and bought hundred dollars worth of product. And then they went and bought all this apparel and so their parents were spending three or four hundred dollars and I'm sitting here going, I'm counting it up and I'm going, that company made four grand mm-hmm. by saying you're on pro staff. I said, that is incredible. And you know, and I told the kids, I'm like, listen, it's okay to get a discount and you gotta start somewhere, but you just paid them way more than they they, they did for you.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah.
3: But That's the world we live in. When I see people, I call them patch pirates, but when I see people that's got the boat stickered up in the truck, there's nothing wrong with that. People think that's cool and that's fine. It's just I feel like sometimes that hurts the guy that's fishing the opens or trying to fish the elites because if these companies can get free marketing, why go pay a bunch of money for somebody else to put a sticker on their boat? You know? (laughs) And uh that's that's the industry and the environment that we live in, unfortunately.
2: That's what you know, Jordan and I talked about that last week on the show. I asked him the question, is it harder now, you know, to make a living with a rod and reel than it was when he first came in? And of course, the answer is well, absolutely. And like you're saying, it it's it is so divided marketing dollar wise anymore because you do have content creators, you have the youtube stuff you have guys that truly are, are like yourself they make viral tiktok videos and and they may have never fished a tournament in their life but that doesn't matter if people like what they have to say and they say this jig right here hey here quick minute here's a jig you need it tie palomar not blah blah blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Code. And, it, and if and if that company looks at that code and it sells, well guess what jack he's getting a paycheck it doesn't matter. I mean, that's what it comes down to is moving the needle. Do I agree with it? Do I not agree? With it? I don't know. I'm such an old school guy and I benefit from social media. Lord knows I have for, for many years, but I'm such an old school, like a Denny Brower guy, if Denny Brower stood on stage and said, well, I'm catching him on this strike King jig. Well, by God, I had my dad drive me to Walmart back right. then. We was going to look for, because they were the, in, they were the only influencers, right? right? But we live in a different time. So for me to go, well, that's right or wrong that the industry's splitting up their dollars. I don't know that I can even comment on that. Um, Brandon Pollock and I had a conversation I cast about this very thing um, talking about payouts, how, how far payouts have gone down compared to, say, the early 2000s with Irwin Jacobs, FLW and, and you know, the classic paying a half a meal, and the cup paying a million, half a meal to a million. And those days are gone. They're gone. Yeah. And the industry's bigger now. Sales wise than it's ever been. But the industry doesn't pony up. And Brandon goes, Well, until we get some non-endemics, and and it's a shame to hear that, but that's what Irwin had. I mean, it was the Walmart
3: days, really, you know. Yeah. And it that's wasn't
2: true. our industry sponsoring it.
3: The National Guard is the best sponsor the fishing industry's ever had. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, and you know, it drives me crazy that the fishing industry won't pony up, but it's because we don't make them. They don't have know. to. Yes. They, they don't have to. And I don't know the answer to to doing that. But, you know, I know what it costs to make certain lures, hard baits. Um, I know what they profit off of them. And they can't pay the anglers no more than they're paying them. And, you know, people look at it and say, well, why should they sponsor that? pro well you got to have pros to have legitimacy for your product i agree you, you have to and we have gotten this day of the the content creators getting paid and whatnot and and i told lake i said dude you put four gopros on that boat on that boat every day and you learn to edit you're gonna make a living fish yeah that's the way it is um we don't do enough of that we use our cell phone too much but i tell him all the time if if, if you want to make it in this industry start filming everything and you're going to make it learn to edit, you know, look at Tyler reels. I mean, he's incredible. Now Tyler works his butt off. Tyler
2: is one of the most talented dudes.
3: Yeah. Incredible. And I catch myself, Tyler, I do a video that's something so simple and I'll just sit there and be watching it over and over. And I'm just amazed, you know, but he got on a conference call with Lake and, some of the kids on my fishing team. And, and I felt like they didn't take it serious, you know? And, and when they got off, I asked them what they got from it. And one of them made the comment and said, I don't want to be the the guy behind the camera. I want to be the guy in front of the camera. And I said, well, I, I got you. But right now you ain't got the money to be the guy in front of the camera. And, and so what Tyler's trying to teach you is how to be the guy in front of the camera, but, you know, learn to edit, learn to do these things. And, you know, he tried to tell them how to do social media and that sort of thing. Um, but these kids don't, they don't, a lot of them don't have a clue just yet, you know, of how far it is. Um, but that's the world we live in. Now, Jordan told Lake three years ago, he said, if you want to make money in this industry, you better have a great social media. And he said, you need to start working on it now. He said, because that's where everything's going. And, I mean, you think about it. If you're a really, really good fisherman and you got good social media, you can name your price. No doubt. Um, doubt.
2: And by really good social media, I think that that, you know, I've talked about it a bunch, but and I think about it a lot. You know, Gerald's one of those guys, right, that, that he was always, I mean, look, it, this is when you were talking about defending people earlier. I thought about this too, kind of going back to that. People would be like, "Well, you you suck, Gerald Swindle." I'm like, "Wait a second, buddy. You ever took a look down them stats?" You want to hold your damn tongue. Yeah, he's the goofy, funny guy on social media. He's opinionated, whatever. He's the G man. But trust me when I say I've spent many hours in the boat with that dude. He will whip your ass with a rod and reel anytime you get ready for said ass whipping. He's one of the greatest to ever pick up a rod and reel. Two angler of the years under his belt, which is the hardest thing to win in bass fishing. But he's he's and he's having an off year this year. Self admitted. I mean, he he was up here at the house a couple weekends ago. He he's he's having a, a rough one by his standards. But dude, he's this guy that once social media came, he embraced it because it's natural for him. And and what I mean by having a successful social media is be yourself. If, if, if being yourself is what people like and a lot of people have to fake it and I get that and, and they do, but dude, the best people in our industry are the people like yourself, what you're doing, just be yourself, be yourself. Just put the camera on. This is what I would suggest to your son or anybody else in high school. Yeah. Film your fishing trips, but you know what? Talk to the camera, like the vlog type stuff. Talk about your day. Talk about how many you missed, how many you caught. Get used to that because when you get a chance on a stage or you get a chance on a podcast, you can carry on a conversation. I have so many kids reach out to me on social media. They want to come on the show, right? And their dads are fans or their fans or whatever. And I've never had one on. This is no disrespect because I, I live with high school kids every damn day. I know what they're capable of talking about not talking about. And I've never had one on because most of them can't carry a conversation. You'll meet them in person. I'm like, well, how are we going to do this for an hour, young man? You got yep. to get where you, you got to get to where you can talk, uh, and not everybody's born with a gift of gab like the president of the Alabama Bass Council or the or the head <laughs> of the Low Lifers here. But I, I think being yourself is very important, very important
1: on social it media.
3: Is. And people make fun of me on TikTok about they say you trying to be like G Man, blah blah blah, and I throw it back at them. I say, look, G Man is the wish version of me, okay? And then I'll joke around. There's yeah. only g-man that's right right. i don't i may have some things that are like his but there's only one g-man and in my opinion he's the most influential person in bass fishing and and i guess the way i mean that is he attracts the most attention um
2: fisherman and and non-fisherman yeah i I think he was up here at my at my 40th birthday bash the other day and a friend of mine it's a ups driver Michael McLean, shout out Michael McLean, probably not listening, but, uh, good dude, he ain't a fish today in his damn life. And he ran into Gerald just on Facebook and he talks to me, texts me, oh, did you see G man's carrying on today about blah, 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 blah. He walked in the house, Michael came out and he sees Gerald sitting there at the table. He just, he says, is that G, is that Gerald Swindle sitting over there to catch table?" He's losing his damn mind. And I was like, yeah it's, yeah. yeah, it's that old man. He's over there. He's, you know, taking his Gerald tall. He's getting, you know, whatever. And uh, he was, but but that, my, my wife goes, how does Michael know him? He don't fit. I mean, he wades a creek every now and then and fishes on his farm. He don't eat bluegill fish and stuff. Knows all about Gerald. Can tell you everything about him, Lulu. But he attracts everybody.
3: Everybody. I, I had a guy message. Actually, two people messaged me. There were, I did a video about Gerald catching a fish and throwing it back or whatever. And, and uh, two people messaged me and said can you please get me in touch with g-man well we hear that all the time right Mm -hmm. can you get and so i i don't respond to it and a couple days he he messaged me again said i really would like to talk to g-man and i said well i don't give out his number or anything like that and uh he said well i just want you to know and i want him to know that he saved my life he said i don't even fish and he saved my life and uh I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. He said, um, I'd really like for him to know that. I said, okay. So I sent it to Gerald and, and you know, told him and let him do with it what he wanted. But you hear that a lot about G-Man, um, about him helping people in their life. Um, this particular guy had told me that um, he had gotten a divorce. Um, he had lost everything and that, you know, he was to the point of ending it. He was done. Jeez. And he said, I don't even fish. He said, I don't know why it happened. He said, I come across a video of G-Man and a positive mental attitude. And he said, I got to watching it. And when I did, I started going through all of his other videos. And he said, it changed my life. And he said, it saved my life. He said, because I don't know that I wouldn't have ended it. And shit, I'm sitting there about to cry, you know, reading this. Yeah. So I, I sent it to Gerald um because he he is authentic and, and there's a, a lot of guys out there that are. And uh, you know, he's made as much a living off that mouth as he has a rod and reel. But when people go to bashing him, now I'm the first to his defense. And and he went fishing with me one day out here and uh he's looking out there on 360 and, and I said, George, you can't catch them fish. And he said, "What?" I said, you "Can't catch them. I said, "You know, I've, I've been trying to do that for twenty-five years, and 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 if the fish are here, Gerald, th- those probably ain't even bass." The next thing I know, he's done slackline six in a row, and you fish with him. It, he slackline is a true term for Gerald. Oh, listen, yeah, I know. And he catches six in a row, and I'm sitting there. And he, after he catches each one, I'm going, "Can I get one of them?" G-? And then he says so again, and finally. He he's unhooking that next one. I grab his line. I said, "I need one of them jigs." He goes, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but he he had had and and I've done it. I've had it happen with Jordan and and, and other people. You know, they think differently than we do.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: They've been in all these different situations, and you know, I've gotten so mad at Jordan before when we're fishing a tournament, and and you know, I've been I've been winning. I don't need you coming here telling me what we're going to do. And and he says, well, we, I want to go do this. Take me to do this. Are you kidding me? And and one day I had weighed in, in the last three tournaments, I had not weighed in less than 25 pounds. And I was catching them offshore. And it had rained that week a little bit. And, and Jordan says, I want to go fish your sea holes today. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I just want you to take me to like drains and stuff. I want to go fish like that. I said, I looked at him. He said, I know we can go catch 25 pounds doing that, other, but I want to go do this. And if it don't work, we'll go do it. I said, okay. I think we had 27 pounds that day. Going and fishing crap stuff that I ain't fished in 10 years. Of course, he's making casts that I could never make. (laughs) So many times we've went and fished tournaments and, him just want to do something off the wall and it ends up working out. And G Man's the same way, and people don't realize just how good these guys are. They have no clue. Because you're going to fish your home lake that you fish all the time. And yeah, you may beat G Man on Gunnersville or Wheeler or wherever, Smith Lake. You may beat him there. You may beat him there every time you fish.
2: We won't over three days though.
3: Three days or we go to another lake in the country and both of you show up and ain't neither one of you ever fished it, try that
2: one. Yeah. I get my, yeah. I know where my money's going. There ain't no doubt. It's just a different deal all the way around. Well, dude. So as we kind of wind it down, where are we headed in the sport? Where are you, where do you think things are headed? I mean, I ask this question a lot, but do you think that with guys like you and I, and I'm not blowing our horn by any means, but do you think with, with, people being more outspoken we've seen it this week and i'm not saying right wrong or indifferent on this to be honest but because i'm kind of opinionated on in a lot of ways but like people calling out the people for knocking off baits this people are more vocal now than ever before yes guys like you and i are never going to shut up until they they cut the power off and cut the wi-fi off at the house we're not going to shut up uh do you think that we'll see a change though like, with this situation, even with things getting swept, going back to the Cayuga thing, do you think we'll see a change?
3: I think it's up to the anglers. Um, I think the anglers are going to have to have enough of it. Look, the the reason it went to five fish, you probably already know this, the reason it went to five fish was because the anglers. No doubt. They, they, they took a stand. And if anything's going to change, and I'm talking about MLS specifically, the anglers have to do it, and they're put in a hard spot because, I mean, let's face it. It's like it's the mafia and Gerald Swindle's – I mean, uh, Gerald Swindle. Boyd, <laughs> Boy, to help you edit that. Boy Duckett oh, is – I've never <laughs> Yeah, Boyd Duckett is, is – is, he's got control, and these guys can't say anything negative or they get in trouble. Some of them are getting close to the end of their career. They're just wanting to fish. and So they don't want to buck the system, but they've had enough of it. But I think at the end of the day, it's up to the fishermen to police themselves and to take a stand with the industry. Because if they don't, nothing's nothing's going to change, you know, except for people like us calling it out and and telling it, um, it's going to have to put enough pressure on the organizations to do the right thing. Um, if they don't, it's, it's just, look, we're seeing it in high school. We're seeing it in college. I mean, I did all those videos about, and and there's one that I did not do. Um, I talked to a tournament director. He didn't know that I knew what I knew and he was planning on keeping some money. Um, some people had, had cheated, admitted to cheating. He decided not to tell anybody. And uh, you know, I told him, I said, "Look, man, if if this is coming out tomorrow night, so you got to the end of the day." And I'm not threatening you; I'm just saying this is coming out, and your trail will be no more. Um, He ended up correcting it, but I get it. There is not a high school tournament that goes by that I do not get a call about somebody that cheated, whether it be a coach fishing, somebody getting a guide or whatever it may be, I get it every single tournament. And so it's, it's all the way down to that level. Um, oh, yeah. And the problem is, it starts at that level. We don't want to embarrass anybody, <laughs> to embarrass the kids. And so we're just going to, okay, well, you just created an environment for cheating. And you, you go to the to the professional level. We don't want to embarrass the angler. By God, the angler embarrassed himself. James Watson said, It is an honor to be here. Treat it like it's an honor to be here. And that's not what they're doing. And so, will it change? I think it's going to come down to the anglers, to the anglers changing it. And it's also going to come down to the tournament. The tournament organizations have to, at some point, say, the integrity is more important. The integrity of the sport is more important than somebody else's feelings or how somebody else looks. And unfortunately, that's how we are as a society. We, we get worrying about everybody's feelings and, and hurting their feelings or getting sued or whatever it may be, instead of just saying, Hey, you did this, you're done. And I'm not even saying I'm not saying somebody should be kicked out of the MLF or, or BASS if they mess up one time. Look, if if everybody was judged by that one day of their life, we're all going to hell. And we're all a piece of shit. So we've all had that day that we've made a mistake. So you get forgiveness for that one day. But if if you you do it more than more, hey, you got to go. Yeah, I'm with
2: that. I'm with that. Mistakes happen. I, uh, you know, the going talking about the anglers. I talked to a bunch of them, just like you did at iCast, and a lot of guys fed up. Th- this is the most. I think it, it's, I talked about in the open of the show before I got you on about the tension at iCast. It, it, there was a lot of tension. Oh. There was a lot of attitude. There was a lot of tension. And I'm not just talking about towards guys like you and I. I mean, I, I was hearing hearing folks were looking for my head on a platter, and that, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> and, then you, and, and then you had your conversation with Spencer. Um, but but I just talked to a lot of BPT guys, and I mean a lot of them, and a lot of really big-name guys, and a lot of them really fed up, man. Th- this deal right here, Cayuga, will define that league, in my opinion, on how it's handled, and it sounds like they're not going to do anything like you said, and and I think that is going to really – and I'm talking about owners of MLF anglers that are owners of MLF that I know big, think about the biggest name in the sport and then think bigger that I had conversations with just like you at ICAST that are like, it's bullshit. It's bullshit and nothing's going to happen. And so I think right now we have an opportunity for change if the anglers decide to do that. And, and look, you and I are popular for, because of our mouths, and, the, and our, and our lack of having a filter, but I do wish some of the anglers would and i have said it on here many times that they would speak up that way. It didn't, t- because it does have legitimacy. Like you said, if a company sponsor a pro angler it's because it has legitimacy. Well, if that angler gets on here or gets on his own social media and says, Hey, this is blah, blah, blah. And this happened in the event. I just, left, and this is bullshit and it don't need to happen anymore. Well, guess what? The whole internet's going to go. You're the freaking man. You're the freaking man. It's not. It's not going to be perceived as bad. And I called. Uh, I called Jacob Wheeler out on here, just using him as one of the biggest names in the sport. And I wasn't necessarily picking on Jacob. And he texted me. He's like, "Thanks a lot, bro. Throw me on the bus." But I, I was like, "A guy like him stands up and says this happened, or a guy like Gerald, if it's at Bass, and and now look, Gerald did. I can't, Gerald, I can't, Gerald did on, on the Pochet thing, and him and Pochet had a had a back and forth about it, and Gerald." Again, he kind of inserted himself in the situation. He didn't have anything to do with it. But as a professional angler competing uh, against these guys, he said, hey, here's the rule book. Here's the deal. And look, Gerald took his licks over that.
3: He, I know, he, it, it, because O'Shea's got a little cult following that. No doubt. Then, no doubt. Listen, I, I love the fact of what he's doing, too. And I want to say this, because everybody gets sent the negative things you and I say. All right. For sure. Boyd, I respected Boyd Duckett at one point, probably more than anybody in the fishing industry because of the whole catch way release thing. I think that Boyd Duckett has done the best thing that has ever been done for fishing when he created, and I'm giving him full credit. There were other people, but I I took it as, you know, he's going to catch the bad, so I'm going to give him the good. He done the best thing that's ever been done for bass fishing when, when, they, when they come up with a catchaway release. I believe that. That's my opinion. I believe that with all my heart. And it's just like what I say with Poche. He's went and ruined it by not having integrity with, with the way he's handled, handled these situations and MLF has handled them. You're talking about Wheeler. Okay. Wheeler can say what he wants to. Okay, I still believe he's one of the greatest fishermen in the world. In, in the last five years, you have to say he's the best. If, so, if you're looking back, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, in Wheeler's career, there has been so much sketchiness involved. Maybe the public don't hear it; we hear it. Is that because people are jealous, or is it because if there's smoke, there's fire? Now. I know of things that I know happened and things weren't handled the right way. So what gets me about what you just said about Wheeler commenting to you, this is what pisses me off about at ICAST and everywhere else with Pochet, with, with Spencer, with Matt Becker, with all of them. When we point out something that they do wrong, We're the bad guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah, no doubt about that.
3: Guys, for saying we want you to do right. (laughs) And that's what I told Spencer. He got to tell me what a bad person I was. And I said, Well, if you saw a video of me doing the same thing, would you think I was sketchy? He said, Yes. I said, would you think I might have been cheating? He said, Yeah. I said, then why shouldn't I think you were? Because I'm just not that way. Okay, well, I mean, the thing is, if you go down to the Chevron right now and you rob them, and it's on video, you take the money out of the cash register, you rob them, it's on video. When the cops pull you over and carry you down to the station, they ain't giving no polygraph. <laughs> they saw you. man. You're,
2: freaking me- You're getting- hang on a second. Let me turn.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Let's get the sound effects going for the applause. No doubt, dude. You're not, yeah. <laughs> you're caught with your hand in the damn cookie jar. I yeah. on, you're stealing that. Let's hook you up to this polygraph. Did you? Did you do that? Mm-mm.
3: Mm-mm. Gee, I mean, I didn't do it. That's what I'm saying. We're arguing about a polygraph. <laughs> well, when, the videos when, there. <laughs> when we're watching. that's like all the other guys. MLF gave 16 polygraphs. Okay, they they got the footage from a lot of anglers. And and there was a couple anglers called me and said, Can you believe they got my footage? And I was sitting there thinking, no, because you didn't really catch them. But anyway, there was a couple of them that got they got their footage, and I thought, really? Okay. I watched an angler and I will not call his name. Yeah, well. So <laughs> Justin, Justin Lucas caught one. The the hook went in here. Underneath, right? But the you know how the line to come yeah. all the way hook comes through, okay, and it hooks on the outside. Yeah, we're talking about like a five ten something like that, right? The hook is on the outside, but there's no way the fish didn't bite the bait and was not hooked. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was hooked. He didn't wait.
1: Yeah,
3: he threw it back. Okay, that's integrity. Okay. I know other guys that did it and my whole argument and, and, and Spencer said that he threw some back. Now he said, he had some hooked outside the mouth. I didn't see it, but there's no way you went and fished that tournament. Anybody that was sight fishing, that went up there and fished that tournament and didn't hook a fish outside the mouth multiple times. And here's my thing. And for the public to know, not to treat y'all like you don't know, but if you throw up there and you catch one of those smallmouths and you hook it outside the mouth, you can turn it loose and catch it again in about 15 minutes. There yeah. was no way to one hooked outside the mouth. And, and yeah. Spence made that argument to me. He said, well, why would I do that? I said, that's why I say you're either the most honest person in the world or you're the absolute dumbest. One <laughs> of the other. Hey, if
2: you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. Right. <laughs> that's what they say, slick. Well, buddy. I think that uh, you got to keep on doing what you're doing, man. You are uh, you are killing it. And and look, I get sent slick comments and and uh, and videos all the time. And we got you're too you're too dang close to the low budget live bar and grill, and I'm too close to the headquarters with Alabama Bass Council for us not do this in person more often. Because because I think the tag team could just terrify the industry. You know, into we'll guilt them into submission by God.
3: But look, you got an open invitation. Any Wednesday night, we we started talk on Wednesday night. You got an open invitation. You ain't even got a call. You just walk in here, and sit down.
2: I'm I'm there, and we're gonna do one of these in person. Tell tell everybody if they got the TikToks, because you really that's where you keep it. You don't. I, I I follow you on Instagram. You don't get too carried away on there too much. Uh, you're the Wheeler King at the Wheeler King on Instagram, but it's boring. He's just posting all the damn tournaments he wins on Wheeler. That's all he's doing there. You ain't gonna. You're just gonna see some big, pretty fish. That's it on there. But tell them where they can find you on TikTok.
3: TikTok is Slick Johnson 23, and uh, I didn't know I could post videos on Instagram until recently. I'm not. My TikTok started one year ago yesterday. Jordan made my TikTok. Oh, that's scary. We were, we were at Champlain. He's like, Sleek, you got to do TikTok. So, <laughs> he makes my, my TikTok. I do a video on the way up that I don't upload it to TikTok because I don't know how. And so, we get up there and Jordan's filming everything. He's videoing everything and he gets my phone. I didn't upload my first three or four TikToks. Jordan Lee did. And, yesterday was one year and People think I'm crazy when I admit this. But I watched my TikTok all the way home yesterday till it hit fifty thousand. And I texted to Jordan and I said, Do you believe this? I said, A year ago today, when we were on our way home, you were make, we were making fun because I had like 27 followers, you know. And yeah. we were like, Oh, Slick's gonna be famous. I said, You just wait, I'll be at a hundred before we get home. And and I wasn't I was at fifty. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm fixing to start putting some stuff on Instagram because I need to grow that. Um, but I just haven't. I mean, TikTok was easy for me. So
2: and Wednesday nights is where it goes down though live with the Alabama Bass Council.
3: Wednesday night from seven till usually nine or nine thirty. And um I'm actually trying to get Pochet to come up here and I don't know if he can come this week or when, but um I I've got to get him, um, to come and, and talk. Cause he had, he had a lot to say. Yeah. Um, but we, we try to get, you know, whatever's going on in the industry at the time and, uh, and just talk about it. And, uh, you know, we answer, try to answer everybody's questions and, yeah and do it that way. So.
2: Well, I could talk to y'all freaking day. And uh, we got more to talk about for sure. And I'm going to come down there. You just don't, don't leave. This is recorded evidence. So I tell everybody on this show that everyone buys me or hunting or, Hey man, you should come and do this. Mike? don't say it. Cause this is recorded forever. And now I got. We,
3: to we would absolutely love it, do it.
2: We'll do it. As long as goob ain't there, I'm coming.
3: <laughs> you know, it was, it was my it, guy, Jonathan Collins like I still get starstruck about some anglers you know like some of the anglers you may not think I'd get starstruck over I do I I people I've never met and um we we've had people get in but we were sitting here one night and uh I believe it or not I, I love Scott Canterbury okay I love him um I think he's a great person I love him and we were sitting here one night and we were on live and I looked and it said Scott Canterbury and I was like, ain't no way. So I just invited him. And uh heck, he popped it open and there was Scott Martin and Matt Airy and 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 Scott Canterbury and it was just awesome. We sat there and talked to him Funny. for a while. So it it was awesome.
2: Uh, yeah, Canterbury and I go. I've been knowing that guy a long freaking time. I got some Canterbury stories. I'll tell them on the Alabama Vows Council. I'll tell you <laughs> about the time I made him as mad as he's probably ever been at a wagon over something I said on stage at Lake I,
3: <laughs> I don't see him get mad.
2: I, I have. <laughs> I'll just say, I'll just say, Kathy Fennel was in between us. <laughs> I'll I'll tease that story for another LBL and Alabama Bass Council. Yep. He's my buddy. We're still buddies to this day, but I did, boy. I was I was on one. I was pissed off. I had a bad day too. Caught him day one. And yeah, I, I said something about him on stage thinking it was funny and it was uh it was not to him.
3: <laughs>
2: but he caught him like he always did, so he can handle my jokes on stage. Damn it. That's all I had that day. I had like three bass and some jokes. That was all I had
3: yeah well thank you thank you for hey, having thank me. you dude
2: thank you for everything you're doing and uh we're gonna do it again real soon slick johnson everybody the give it get it give it to us <laughs> one time. <the> Alabama
1: <laughs> <class>. let's hear <laughs> it
2: Obama bias council <laughs> there it is ladies and gentlemen slick johnson enjoyed it buddy all right
3: thank you
2: all right that's all she wrote from old slick right there <laughs> good conversation man he uh he's a very interesting guy and like i said i i respect the just the fact that he just says it he just says it man and it's it's not really for personal gain it's just i think he he does care about the integrity of the sport and that's a lot of where this show started from you know whenever i, I started being outspoken and and just being like, you know what? You can be honest and, and it's okay. And that's kind of where it will be able to arrive from. And, and that's a lot where this Alabama Bass Council. So y'all go check Slick out. I'm not a TikToker, as we said, but uh, had a fantastic time talking with him. Hope you learned some there as well. Appreciate each and every one of you tuning in each and every Monday to Low Budget Live. we got a lot more cool things coming up this year. I can assure you, thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. going to take you out with some Biloxi Blues, and I will see y'all next week.
1: Town of two below, never could make it last. Spanish boss, the Civil War ghosts. Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens in rest. This highway that does not know my name. and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just Just enough gas to get there